gonna record over here. Recording in progress. Yeah. Let's do something about Yom Kippur. So as usual, we have a bunch of uh, little stuff, little minhagim, and then we have actual concepts of Yom Kippur. So I'm gonna do a little uh, structure of what things uh, that Israel talks about, and we'll see where we wanna go in a little bit. We'll try to go in the order, so I know where I am. But maybe there's a better order. Reb Chaim Talzmenag is always to start with some hanogas, uh, some little things, things that you can do, or not all of them are things that you can do. Sometimes it's kavanas or tefillas or things like that, but it's like not the actual explanations, not the actual drishim uh, that he has. It's more like small things. And uh, that's here. We have the Indian of Kapuras, which we could talk about. We have something about Kanidra. That's one little piece, not a lot of. Uh, not a lot of things. We have um, something about putting on a talus at night. Uh, that's the basically some little things about which kaput uh, to say and stuff like that. So those are the basic minhogim minhogim of tarizal binyan binyan yom kippur. And then we have the the actual Indian of Yom Kippur. And that is all, like we always talk about, there's always two or three different things in every Yom Tif. There's the actual Yom Tif, as in, we say, there's the story of the Yom Tif, right? What's the story of Pesach when out of Mitzrayim? What's the story of Rosh Hashanah? There's a Din in Rosh Hashanah. What's the story of Yom Kippur? I think the story of Yom Kippur is that there's a Slicha, right? The slicha, or the the story, basically maybe the story of the uh, the kain godel, the avidasa avidasa which is what causes the slicha of yom kippur. That's the story or the concept. You ask them what's yom kippur about, right? Not what do you do in it, or what day it is, or um, what tefillas you say, but what's the yom kippur about? So it's really about. I would say it's about two things, and that is all here. Only focuses on one of them. Uh, let, no, let's say the story is one thing. The story is one thing. The story is. Slicha. Uh, well, that's the concept. The musag of Yom Kippur is that there's something, some sort of possibility of um, taking a virus and making them into good things, or being meichel a virus. We have to figure out how that works or what that means. Going to Darizal, he doesn't really discuss that in Shara Kavanas of Yom Kippur for whatever reason. There might be other places where he talks about it, but not over here. That's one one thing. Then there's two more things always we see in every yamtiv, besides for the concept or maybe the time of when it is. There's also always mitzvahs. So each yamtiv has different mitzvahs. At least most yamtiv have mitzvahs, like we have the mitzvah of shaking uh, glilev on circus, mitzvah of eating matzah on Pesach, mitzvah of blowing shoifah on Hashanah. And usually in every yamtiv there's like one mitzvah that's the most, uh, like the central, important mitzvah of that yamtiv. Like Rosh Hashanah, the mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah is. Yom Tria, we blow Shaif and Rosh So, and Rosh Hashanah, is going to have these two things. We saw there's the concept of Rosh Hashanah, and then there's the uh, mitzvah of blowing Shaif. And then in uh, in uh, Yom Kippur, we have also a mitzvah, which is the mitzvah. What's the mitzvah of Yom Kippur? The mitzvah of Yom Kippur is the fasting. So, if Rosh Hashanah, we blow Shaif, Yom Kippur, we fast, and Sikkah, we live sit in a Sikkah, and we do 
Dalad minim, those are two mitzvahs. But Yom Kippur has one mitzvah, which is fasting Yom Kippur. It's also something you do, like every mitzvah is something that you do. But we would have to understand what is the concept of fasting in Yom Kippur. What's the governor of that? What's the idea of that? Then, just like everything else, we have the third thing, which is tefillahs. There's a lot of different tefillahs on Yom Kippur. There's neschoysa tefillah. There's, let's uh, just to clarify, there's one thing which is interesting on Yom Kippur, although it's not really only on Yom Kippur, it's bechlal about tanaisim. But uh, in the mass, in our, in our seder, and how we do things, there's the only time of the year where we have five tefillahs in a day. So there's already some very big chiddush in the tefillah of Yom Kippur. Where there's five five tefillot instead of three tefillot on the weekday, four on Shabbos with Musaf, there's also Neila. So we have to talk about uh, the concept of five tefillahs and what they mean and what we connect to. And then there's Bakhlal, the old uh, different Nesrasa tefillah that we say. There's a lot of vidui that we have to understand, which probably connects to the previous one of the stories of Slicha, which we would, if we would understand that, we would know the Kavanas uh, of the vidui and things like that. There's the Avodas Pesamikdash that we say in the Sedra Avodah and Mesef, which, again, the Kavanas of that probably relate to the Kavanah uh, of, uh, no, of the Avodas Amikdash, the Avodas of Yom Kippur, and things like that. And now, uh, one more thing is important to understand for Darizal and this is just me giving overall structure. We'll get into some more detailed things. Tahidzal on every Shabbos and every Yom Tiv and every day has something called Seder Aliyah Satfilis. So Tahidzal understands, and this is, I think, an important thing, especially Yom Kippur, it plays an important role, which is that Tahidzal understands uh, Tfilah, at least one of his understandings of Tfilah, or one of the things going on in Tfilah. And Yom Kippur is a day full of Tfilahs. Like we said, we have five Tfilahs. We mostly just... Uh, do tefillah all day. I mean, besides for fasting, which is not really something you do, it's something you do, but you don't have to do anything. Um, so Darizal's idea of tefillah is that um, one of the interesting things in tefillah, and one of the things that uh, also uh, bother people on Yom Neiraim, and Yom Kippur maybe especially, is the amount of tefillahs. And every day, really, we have something similar. You have shachris, and then there's chazorah, chazorah sashat, which is just the same thing again. And then Mesef, and then Mincha, and so on. Especially on, sh- on everyday Mamaila, we can understand there's three tefillahs in a day because actually, I think in a regular day it's easier to understand. Because uh, in the morning you have to dive in for the morning, and the evening you dive in for the evening. So it's not so, t- it's not, doesn't bother anyone that there's three tefillahs a day. At least two of them don't bother anyone. Shachris and Mincha Ma'ariv, but they're short enough that it doesn't bother anyone. So, but there's three different distinct periods of the day, right? For the morning, you need one kind of tefillah. For the afternoon, you need a different kind of tefillah. For the night, you need a different kind of tefillah. So it makes sense that there should be three different kind of tefillahs. But when you come to Shabbos, or it becomes a little more difficult to understand why we would need three different kinds of tefillahs. Why has it become more difficult? Because tefillahs of Shabbos and, and Yom Tev are not tefillahs bakasha. We don't say any uh, requests in our tefillahs on Shabbos and Yom Tif. So the Bracha Mtsos of Shabbos is just talking about Shabbos, talking about Yom Tif, whatever it is. And that seems to be repetitive. If you would say that in the morning we misspell like Shmaneser of every day, Atachon and Asherav Seichel in the morning, and the afternoon, Asherav Seichel in the afternoon, and at night, Asherav Seichel for at night, these make sense that they're three different things. Each kind of part of the day needs a different kind of tefillah, there's a different kind of Haidah. We could thank 
on waking up, thank on the day going, how the day went, thank on the night coming, and so on. But Shabbos, which is all really the Philips of Shabbos, don't really ask for anything or don't thank for anything. Maybe they talk about Shabbos, and so on. But not really saying anything new. So, what is going on with there being so many tefillas? That's a question that we should ask, and especially we should ask it on Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. We see, interestingly, okay, I'm, I'm explaining this, I just, interestingly, there's something like this in a question like this in the Gemara about, about Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara asks the question why do we do Tikiya Shoifer twice? Once in the Yishuf, once when you're sitting down, when before Shman Esra, and a second one. When you're standing up in the middle of Shemin Esra, uh, meaning Bechazel uh, Sashat, or some do also by the silent uh, Amida. So there's a question of what this repetition, so this mitzvah, the Bloshefra, that's only once, why do we have to do the same thing twice? And really it's a question about the st- uh, doing the same thing twice. You say Meshachris and then Mesef, which is basically the same. So Rashuna Mesef is a little different because of Malchus Rehem Shafris, so at least we can understand that. But in Gipper, it's literally the same more or less, they could change the piyutim and change different things, but you'd say the same thing five times, and the video of Yom Kippur is the same, and there's a discussion about this in the Gemara also, why would we do video again so many times theoretically video is just a way of saying Chatosi, and I'm doing Tshiva, and you should forgive me for that, and why do we have to do five times, I'll be pshat in in Ilchas Yom Kippur it's just because maybe someone forgot or someone maybe didn't snavaira between Shachris and Mesif, they have to say it again it's not really clear why there's so many vidyam and in benefish, but it's actually hard to say it so many times and if you don't know what's going on. So Darizal, generally, both in every day where you repeat the Shachris, Lacha, Shechazara, especially when it comes to a Shabbos or Yom he has a very good teretz, or a very good way of doing this. And Darizal says that there's something called alias ha so we could say Aliyah Sa'ilamas or Aliyah Sa'ilamas. In other words, there's a lot of things that we could do in Tefillah. A lot of different things. Well, for example, one of the things is be mispalo. We could ask for things. We could praise. You could request. These are all things that you just do. You're standing here and you request them. Okay. Then there's more inner, inner things, more internal things that we could do in Tefillah. We could talk about Tefillah as being uh, uh feelings, right? You could say when you praise or when you say you're really uh, arousing your heart, you're really uh, waking up your mind to see the beauty of the creation, to see the beauty of God. Uh, when you say you're being you're uh, explaining yourself or you're reminding yourself or you're uh, bringing your mind into a state of and so on. And that is all decided and based on Zer and things like that that there's that something um, maybe more internal than all of this and maybe higher than all of this maybe deeper than all of this which is that tefillah is a way to do alias neshama so if you learn earlier mekabalim like perke acholis for example you see that there's such a vayda such a, a practice of taking your your soul and uh, being nichnas lepardes, what the Gemara calls nichnas lepardes, and Rashi says it means you say Hashem and you go into the into the heaven, you fly into heaven. And the Rebbeinu Chananel says it doesn't literally mean you fly into heaven. It means you imagine as if you're flying into heaven. So it's ba'avante de libe. The Gemara says mas merkove is ba'avante de libe tali. It's tuli 
happens inside of a person's heart. Avantad Libba means, I'm not sure what Avanta exactly means, in the understanding of your heart or in the seeing of your heart. So you do at least an imaginative uh, journey, at least an imaginative uh, visual, maybe visual or maybe emotional, maybe mental. There's different ways of doing it. But that's at least a real journey in which the neshama or the mind of the person, his soul, his body even, maybe not his body, according to Rebbe Hananel, will f- go into a different oilam. And then you read Pirkei Cholas and it describes how, how every oilam looks and what you what kind of malochim are there in each one. Or in Kabbalah you'd say what kind of spheres are in each one and what you can do there and a uh, whole, whole long story. So now, the Arizal, both in Beprat and in very lot of different levels, he said that at least one of the kavanas of tefillah is to do this. And everyone's very the most famous basic struct- structure that he gave for Shachris, for example, was that there's four worlds, famously, according to the Tsar, and the, the Arizal is four different worlds called the Asiya, Yitzira, Briya, Atsilas. And in the beginning of Shachris, we're in Olam Asiya. Even that Olam Asiya doesn't literally mean the Olam in which we live, because it's already the internal part of that, at least of that Olam, or if you could get into more detail about that. And that's Karbonus. And then, Sikta Zimra, you need to go to Olam Ayatsira. And literally, literally says you should go. You should imagine yourself uh, flying into Olam Ayatsira. That's the Rizal's instruction, it's the Vashem Tam and the Magad's instruction, very explicitly, that when he connects there, when he says that the four parts of prayer are about the four worlds, a lot of different interpretations of this. People give a lot of different psychologies and stuff. But the most <laughs> basic interpretation, the most real, true interpretation is literally as it says, that you should take your your mind and put it into that world. And how do you do it? By thinking the thoughts that belong to that world, by imagining the visuals that belong to that world, by having the kavanas that belong to that world. That's what you have to do. And every day you do from Asiya and then in Psikta Zimra's Olam and in and so on. Now, this is all in a very, 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 very general sense because everyone knows that there's not only four worlds, or in other words, if there will only be four worlds, then you would never change this thing. It would just do tefillah and shine. But we have Shabbos and Yom Tev and Yerushchaydash and Shaini uh, V'chamish and thousands of different levels of things. And according to Darizal, all of these are really different levels in many different ways. But one of the ways is in which world you can go, or in which way you could go into these elements, and which way you could be nichnas la'echolis, it's called. And yeah, so now, the well, well, let me get back to where I was to answer the question that I said that this is supposed to answer. Now, um, since there's the Lias Oilemus, you have to go up the steps uh, from one world to the next world and so on. Everyone underst- It's easy to understand that this takes a lot of time. In other words, you need to go step by step. You can't just fly from Olam from where you are, straight into Olam HaAtsilas or somewhere like that. You have to go step by step. And therefore, when you do the same tefillah again, going to Darizal, you're never doing the same tefillah again. What you're really doing is saying the same tefillah in a different world. Or in other words, using the tefillah as a, as a train or as a rocket ship that takes you up to that world. And by doing it once, you can get to one world. But by doing it twice, you can get to another level. And so on and so on. So that's in general how to understand different 
the, the repeating repetitive repetitive tefillas taking you to repetitive different worlds now uh, more particularly this changes in different days in different uh, will allow you to achieve different levels so yes in a regular day we could only go up to a certain level and this doesn't not I say dwells to make it simpler to understand we'll maybe give you the exact definition of it um, but generally on a regular day you can only go to a certain level in general to only to binna the highest highest the binna the binna the lower level of binna yashsud on Shabbos we could go to even higher levels generally on Shabbos we can go to the highest level but uh, it's complicated but on Shabbos we're also going to start and that is all would say that there's three fourth fillers on Shabbos and it goes on a ladder on Friday night you're on one level Friday Shabbos morning you go on to another level Misaf to even higher level the Minchent even highest level therefore Mincha Shabbos turns into be the highest level filler that's possible uh, for the most part in the week that's why we know Pikabula the Mincha Shabbos is the most important Shalshidas that we do after Mincha because it's literally the last one and the last one to him if, if we're going up the ladder then we're not, we never go back down at least not in that Shabbos what happens Matzah Shabbos another question but for that Shabbos it's all one said Raliyah so we go from Minchat and up and up and up and up, and we go up until uh, the highest level of Mincha. And the same thing happens every Yom Tiv, every Yom Tiv, in a different way, slightly than Shabbos. You have Aliyas from Mincha to Mincha, basically, from Marv to Mincha, right? And same, similarly, on Yom Kippur, we'd have to learn what's the Sedra Aliyas from Mincha, uh, sorry, from Marv, from Marv to Mincha, and which exact levels uh, can we achieve in accordance with the day of Kippur. Wait, wait, how do I how did I get to this whole thing exactly? Um, I forgot where I was that I started to talk about this. Yeah, the Kavanah Satfilas, so but why? So this is general, general Kavanah Zatfilas, general, very general Kavanah Zatfilas, before getting into any uh, detail. And maybe also something that has to do with what the day is about in general. That's really what I want to get. So I'll say it in the most general way. Maybe we'll get into more detail. Um, just like we see, one of the important, one of the interesting things on Yom Kippur is that we have five five Tfilas, which is one more than every other day at least. And since every tefillah can push us up another level, so five tefillahs should be able to get us to a very high level. Um, and in a certain sense, this is the entire the entire thing of Yom Kippur and Darizal is connected with this aliyah, this uh, very great uh, ascension that we could ascend to very high levels by way of the tefillahs and by way of fasting also, as we'll see. And by way of what else we do him keep we said by way of the Kedusha itself, where we could uh, travel up up all these levels, and that's what we can we do it slowly and quickly in different ways, but generally slowly, tefillah by tefillah, uh, step by step, and that's why in every level you would have to say vidi again, uh, both for the pshat and for the sud. In other words, uh, everyone knows when you're in a different level, then you have different mitzvahs, different avayras, you understand things differently. You understand different uh, things that were not a problem yesterday become a problem suddenly because you have a new level of mind. So you understand that different things are a problem. Or maybe some things that you thought were problems are not problems at all, which is also how 
going up to higher levels causes a certain slicha by itself because not everything looks the same from the tenth floor that looked from the first floor. So a big part of Yom Kippur is really connected or really part of this uh, Aliyah. Also a big part of Shabbos and other things, but definitely a big part of Yom Kippur. Um, there's one more thing I have to explain. So then maybe we'll get into the learning the actual things. That was my basic Agdama. There's a story of Yom Kippur and there's the mitzvah of Yom Kippur and the tefillis of Yom Kippur. And as I just explained, in at least one pshat of that is, at least in one sense, the story or the connection, all of these things, what's going on? All of these things will be part of this, uh, will be part of this aliyah. And like we said, we could see aliyah as, as something that causes slicha. Now we have to, I'm just going to explain it in one basic sense. And I want to get to the text, but I have to always give my overviews to get to anyway. Uh, because a big part, there's different two, let's just say it like this, there's two things that we could mean and talk about this a lot in Shidim about Shiva and things like that. There's really two general things that we could mean when we talk about Slicha uh, or Shiva, which is the same thing uh, from this perspective. Uh, we could talk about fixing problems, right? Let's say you, you did a problem, you have to fix it, whether it's a, pro it's a physical problem, it's an emotional problem, it's a Benudun uh, right? It's an interpersonal problem, you could fix it, right? You could... Uh, you're in a fight with someone, so you're not, you stop being in a fight with them, or you uh, misspies, how do you say? You, know, you reconcile with them in some way. You have to give them a gift, or you have to tell them words, all kinds of different ways of reconciling. Just like there's reconciliation between people, there's reconciliation between uh, people and God, right? You could uh, tell him vidi, try to convince him that you didn't mean it, or that you, you, know, you, didn't, uh, you regret it, and you'll try not to do it again. And so on, or you could give him a gift, you could bring a carbon or say some tefillah or some avoida. That's it's clearly a gift, a mushal. So it's sort of like a gift. Like I'm, the point of that gift is not the gift, but it's the it's the the reconciliation, um, and so on. And so that's one 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 meaning of of slicha, what most people usually understand. But uh, really in depth, there's another meaning of and in, in if we think of the muscle of the idea of a person reconciling, you could really see it as, let's say, two people that don't have a relationship at all, and they meet each other and they have a relationship, they create a relationship. Or let's say, people that do have some sort of relationship, and then they decided to take the relationship to another step, to make it a deeper relationship, to make it a better relationship, and so on. Not necessarily that something was wrong, but even if something would have been wrong, it's going to be be erased, deleted, just by virtue of becoming a different level of relationship, right? So that's why I think that's what Chazal say that very interesting. Everyone knows, for example, that a chosen has mechilas avonis, and in the same place where it says a chosen has mechilas avonis, it says anyone that's If you attain a new position, then you have mechilas avonis. Someone becomes a, a rebbe or a rov or a shiva or a leader, any kind of position you attain. Just by virtue of obtaining that position, that's that's what it says in the Gemara. And the the way to understand it is that in um, the spiritual level, right? But it also happens when you become, you attain a new level, both in Bebetzias and when you get a new position or something, you have to, you should at least. And uh, if you're doing it right, it happens. Uh, correspondingly to that, you you have a new level of understanding, you have a new level of Moichen. Uh, and having a new level automatically uh, deletes, deletes not by going into the Avaida and deleting it, but deletes by putting you in a different space, where in that space all the previous infractions, all the previous problems don't really exist, or they have a new way of being in that level. 
And that's uh, one of the ways, or one of the important ways that we do Mechila Savenes, I'm Kippur, like the Kohen Gadol goes in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and what's the point of that? The point is that in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, things look very differently than they look in, in a regular weekday. And of course, in some sense, things, things could look worse also. You have to remember this. That's why we say Vidi. And there's something in, in Kabbalah Svarim, and Svarim that talk about how to do Aliyas, how to do Leis Nashem for real, they very often talk about Chet, very often talk about Vidoy. Because whenever, you, whenever you're going to go, if you're going to actually do this and you're going to go into a different Olam, you're going to, like I said, some things that you thought were big problems or big Chatoim will not seem to be Chatoim at all. And some things that you thought were normal will, will, seem, will seem as as huge problems suddenly. And you, what you have to do is, in every Ali, and every Madrag, you have to say Vidi. That you have to do Tshuva, basically. You have to say, okay, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. And uh, now I will know better. And, that, and that's also a real Vidi, because you really didn't know. You really didn't know before, and now you really know better. And therefore, when the Kohen Godel goes in the Kodesh Kodeshim, and Bechlal, not Mamish, but he says Vidi, all of these things and the video is saying it's a video. It's not video as this is the time where you remind us of all your chatoim. It's video in the sense that since today is Kippur, since I'm in the Kodesh since I see things in an entirely new light, so suddenly I understand how how this is wrong, or I understand that this is wrong, which I wouldn't have understood. And in the same way, the same exact point, the same exact uh, movement of being in an entirely different space and a more elevated space also means that the whole discussion of should I do right? Should I do wrong? Should I be right? Should I do wrong? Which exists in a lower space doesn't actually exist in that space. Now, of course, you could lose this. Maybe when you go out of it, you lose it, and therefore you have to have a whole figure out a whole yamtiv. But say some how to, uh, if it stays, and what, to what extent it stays after Yom Kippur, another big discussion that's not for us right now. The da after the aliyah is also a big part of the whole ladder. You have to figure out how to go down the ladder and and so on. But that's the uh, the first thing. So therefore. If you we could see the main story of Yom Kippur, the most important story of Yom Kippur as the Aliyah, which causes the Slicha, and therefore which also causes the, and I'll give it, get to the Tanis in a minute, but that's also the Sederat Phyllis, which we have five Phyllis, which means that by Ne'ila we get up to the highest level that's possible for the whole year, and technically in Kabbalah we could figure out how exactly it's the highest. I just mentioned that Chabbos maybe is the highest, but Akupunim, Rila Master, we get to the highest level of a whole year, at least in some sense, and because it's a fifth filler, right? You don't do five shmanesters, five fillers in one day. And that itself causes pchlala, uh, yujaliya, and that also causes slicha. Now, how does this connect to tanis? In general, that is all explains um, that tanis literally means a certain aliyah. And the way he says it, now maybe I'll get into this in more detail, I just want to connect it to this general idea, is that... When you eat, so eating is a certain shefa, and eating could be a mushal for any kind of shefa or for any kind of moichin also. But just eating in a physical sense is a certain uh, shefa, a certain, you're taking in a certain uh, nourishment from, from the food, from the things that you eat and you drink, and the other five in them. And from that you live, from that you grow, from that you, uh, you receive nourishment. Now, where a person receives his nourishment for, there can be a lot of different uh, places or a lot of different ways you can receive nourishment and from the food that you eat. And you can also receive nourishment from what can be considered a higher place. And this, there might be a biological explanation for this also, um, but that would still be part of the body. 
but one of the things that is there and the uh, and the um, Kabbalim talked about fasting was that they said that when you fast, so how do you live? So they understood that when you fast, you actually live directly from where your soul lives. So there's like the neshama and a guf, and the guf lives off, uh, how do you say, a food, a physical food, material food. And the soul obviously doesn't live off material food. How th- how it lives off the physical food is a question that Arizal worries about, but somehow it does. But obviously, it doesn't directly, it doesn't originally need food. Obviously, the neshama, when it's not an ulamas, it doesn't live off food. It lives off neshamas. And I am Kippur, or B'chlal, when we fast, what we're trying to do is to create, to cause our, even our body, actually, to live not off what he lives usually off, which is food, or bodily food, but to live off the neshama's food. So, what is the... What the nimshla of this? What's the point of this? That uh, eating, not eating, is really another way of saying aliyah. Not eating is another way of saying instead of. Darizal will give you the exact structure for this, but it's just another way of saying instead of being here where you are and, like I said, fill it where you are and then asking for someone, or being where you are and eating food from someplace else. It's ascending to the place where the food came from originally, which is menashemaim. Uh, and being nourished by that itself. And that's also part of the Aliyah of Yom Kippur, just like Ba'ilam Haba, but just like in Ba'ilam Haba, Emba Le'achilav Yom Kippur is in the same level of Ba'ilam Haba, where Emba Le'achilav And that is the Indian of fasting on uh, Yom Kippur. So all these three things um, connect with the same idea, which is a certain uh, Aliyah. Okay? Um... Let's see, one more thing that we have to understand, for all of this, and then we could get to more details. Now, whenever we say Aliyah, I, I talked about this all in this previous uh, half hour in the language of the soul. They say the Neshama, you could make Aliyah's Neshama, you could uh, move your mind, your feelings, things like that. Um, really, and the way the Arizal and the Mechabalim see it, this is true. In other words, it's true that uh, in every madraga that we talk about, there needs to be aliyah of the neshama, of the person also. But that's not actually the main thing. It's not even the main thing. And in a certain sense, maybe doing the aliyah's neshama uh, is not going to be even the main thing. In other words, the way to do the aliyah's neshama is not by focusing on the aliyah's neshama entirely. Uh, there's some makhlaikas about this in kavanas, how to do kavanas, if, if the main thing is the neshama or not. But that's another whole, another whole discussion which we should have. The, the concept is that in Kabbalah the neshama is only the neshama of a person is only the last step in a long chain of things. And when we talk about different aliyas and different yuridas we should really not be talking about the last step entire only. There's no reason why we should be stuck talking about the last step which is us, which is your I or your me. We really need to talk about the entire chain. We really need to talk about everything that goes on uh, between the Insaf, between uh, God itself and your Neshama. And the main thing that goes on between God and your Neshama is what we everyone knows 
as spheres, or and that is as language as five parts of him or six five five or six main parts of him. And these parts of him are the Kailim and Iris of of the Ensof, the Alamatsilis itself. And it's they that actually have all these alias and, and all these iridas. And of course, because or since they have these alias, that there's a uh, implication for us also, which are going to receive the odd through them, and which are going to be connected to them, and so on, to be made to them. So therefore, we sort of enact what they are doing. But the main avoid of Pikabullah is not just to take your soul and put it somewhere, it's actually to have your soul enact exactly what the spheres of Atsilis is doing. So therefore, if we talk about Aliyah, Yom Kippur, and so on, so yes, it's very nice to talk about that imagining the five tefillahs as like a ladder that goes up and up, so your soul can go up and up and up. But the real way to understand it, maybe you can't imagine it, but the real way to understand it is to understand the Pratsifim of Atsilis themselves going up and up. And of course, by them going up, we sort of go up in tow after them, or with them, depending on which mandraga of Markova you're doing. So, we have to give the, the language for this. And the language for this is basically, in Darizal, and hmm, we'll give you the basic map, and then I'll be able to figure everything out. In Darizal, there's basically three levels. There's five levels, but I'm going to simplify it for two, three levels. Right? Three levels, uh, uh, three vertical levels. And the three vertical levels are Keser, known as Arich Anpin, which is the highest level. Then there's Abba which are one level vertically, but it's divided into two horizontally, sort of. So we could see Abba Chachma on the right side, Imma Bin on the left side. And then there's like two, or sometimes they call it three generations, right? So Arichanpin can be called Saba, the grandfather of of the grandchildren, which we'll get to in a minute. And the parents, Abba Imma, are the two parents. And then the third level is Zarampin and Nukfud Zarampin, or Zun. And these are, again, uh, you could really see them also as one on top of the other, but ideally they should be one side by side. And we'll see some differences. And that's the third level. And these receive the and the Shefa, everything from Abav Ima, which in turn received from Arichampin. So these are the three levels, Shehem, five, right? Because four of them at least are five. And of course, Arichampin also has another one, which is Atik. I'm not getting into all of the details. But this is the basic basic map of the world that Arizal have. In other words, the map of Ilama Atsilis itself. Now, we could remember, try to remember the whole story of, of Rosh Hashanah, which really connects to this, but let's um, try to skip for a second the story of Rosh Hashanah and the Nasira and everything, and try to focus just on what's relevant to the Aliyah of Yom Kippur. Because it's not entirely relevant to that story. Although it's a connection, but I just don't want it to everything at once. So when we talk about Aliyah, generally, we talk about the Aliyah and Yerida, what we talk about is the Zun, in other words, which is our world, in other words, us, our souls, always relate to the Zerampin and the Nuk for the Zerampin. Generally, we could sort of say, and this is the way that Rizal says it over here, which causes a whole huge controversy in the Mepharshim, but the way that Rizal says it in the Rish of Yom Kippur is that male souls, or Zechurim, are going to relate to the Zah, to the Tiferes, and female souls, or Nekavis, are going to relate to the Nuk, or the Shechina, or to the Malchus. And of course, that's how people generally understand it often. And the, that's the two... Uh, main and therefore when we talk about design the nook going up and down or receiving different levels of moichen it's going to always cause the male and female uh, people and all the mazet to receive this kind of different moichen and to be able to be older with them and so on so 
So what happens? So what happens is we could talk really about. Uh, so we have to talk now. One important thing is that we do have to see it as uh, these three levels, these three main main partners, three main players in the whole drama of of Tarkis Varizal generally in Sprat and the level of Kavanas and all of this are going to be these three levels which are really just put them in the lower two and the lower two levels that I told you which are the Zad, the Nook and Imaila. So in other words, generally we have the Zad in the middle it's the six Firas or the Zer Ampin and he receives Moichen or Shefa and whatever it is from Ima, from Bina and of course also from Abba but mainly from Ima doesn't uh, so much relevant this detail and gives this moichen to the noktaza which is um the shechina. okay just like just like a a person a male person which receives things from his parents and may and maybe from his father also but through his mother at least and then will give it to his wife so that's the the digma the mushal of um imaza and nuk okay now in the seder and the in the order of this of this thing is where the whole story of Rishonaim Kippur and all the alias happened. And general, just to get to the point of Yom Kippur, we would say that Yom Kippur there's these two parts if known as Zah and Nuk have aliyah. In other words, and mostly the Rishon says mostly I'm, I'm going to get to this inside. Mostly the Nuk herself. So we learned in Rishonaim Yom Kippur we have to remember this. We learned that the whole point of Aseret Shiva of Rishonah was really to create the Nook. Because that has to do with Bria Sa'ilam and the story of creating Chava and Bria Sa'ilam. And creating the Shechina is the main avoid of Rosh Hashanah. That's called Kabbalistan Malchus Shemaim. The Malchus has to be built. And where does she get built? From these two sources. Sometimes from the Zah. And in Rosh Hashanah, actually directly from Ima. So that's she gets created and um, built through the Ima. But Anyam uh, Kippur, what we talk about is the um the no the the language of that is Yom Kippur is the main thing of Yom Kippur is that the nook or the shechina is Ayla. she goes up to Imaylaj straight by herself so maybe even uh, crossing out Zah later uh, we'll see by Mincha the Zah is Ayla to uh, Ima also and then they're all Ayla to Keset or Arichantman that's what happens by Neila that's why Neila is such a great thing. Anyways, that's the basic um, concept of Yom Kippur. And this aliyah, this aliyah of the nook to the Imaylah, to have a certain aliyah means always, uh, just like we discussed, that aliyah doesn't necessarily mean that you get into a rocket ship and fly somewhere. It means that you take your mind or your consciousness or your soul and you drive something. The same thing, aliyah and Ulamatzilis doesn't necessarily mean that the order literally changes. What it means is that the the, the lower levels, the, the, the zone, receive a much higher level of shefa, a much higher level of oil, which is considered that they flew up to that level. That's what really Aliyah means. And again, this is not something that Rashash discusses in a whole Arihas. But that's generally how to understand it. And just like that, Aliyah was our Aliyah and our Tanis and Anyam Kippur. Okay, so that's Adkan Klolas in Anyam Kippur. Now the first, I'm going to skip to the first dish to try to to try to uh, read it a little bit so we could understand what I was saying here, okay? And then we'll figure out what I'm doing. So, this is that easel. It's called Inan Chamesha Enim. This is Drish Aleph and Shara Kavanas. He starts talking about the Oichel Vashoy Sabetshi, which uh, 
I'll just say why we have to understand it, because, of course, everyone knows on Yom Kippur we fast, and on the end of Yom Kippur we eat. And the Gemara said an amazing thing, which said, there was Madag the Pusuk, it says, but she, we fast, and it doesn't make any sense, we fast on Assyri, and the drash of the Gemara of that was, I have to say the pshat that the, the pshat of the Rishonim they said that that uh, what this means basically is that just like there's fasting l'shem shemaim, there's also eating l'shem shemaim, and if you eat l'shem shemaim and erev it's really the same thing as fasting and kippur. The point of the fasting is not to not eat; it's to achieve a certain level of l'shem shemaim, and you could maybe achieve the same level by eating also. So that's one pshat. But according to that, is all it's not actually the same thing. But what he gains out of this, and he has his whole explanation of why it's Kili, it's on a Shiva city, but we, um, he actually understands it differently. Um, well, how the reason understands, but he uses this Kili, this Kala'ichl this, she as an opportunity to explain what eating actually means. And if we understand what eating actually means, then we'll understand what not eating actually means. Because obviously these are two sides of the same coin. If you don't know what's, not, what's eating, how could you know what's not eating? So the Rizal says like this. I'm, I'm going to read over here. So we have to understand what's this Tanis. He said, he quotes himself. He says, explained. So which is Okay, so all year we eat, and not only eat, we also drink, and we also desich, and uh, uh, no, all of these bodily pleasures, just like we do it. This it's when you eat and you drink and you do all of these things, you have to be mechaven, and the Rizal says it's all the bruches It's really not only by the bruches; he's just saying bruches defined somewhere where you could have the kavana or maybe some kind of mitzvah, because how could you say that just eating does something? But the truth is that the Rizal thinks, and in other places he's mechalek clearly about this, that the eating itself is a certain a certain shefa, or a certain, you could be merkovah l'shchena, you could be merkovah l'shchena, just by eating and sleeping and doing all these things, all the chamashenim. And it must be like this, because if not eating is such a mitzvah yom kippur, so then yes eating, uh, which is obviously if you don't eat, it's also something. Uh, just a different level of the same thing. That's what Arizal's uh, big chiddush is, and he learns this from Eichel Vashoy Sebetshi. So in a certain sense, he is going in this, in this pshat, that it's really the same thing. But he says, Amnam. so what's the difference? What's the difference between eating, which is mamshech, uh, in other words, kind of moich and kind of shefa from ima to za, to zun, and there, what's the difference between eating and not eating? Not eating, we said, is going to Emma and bringing Shefa from Emma to Zon, or being Oila to Emma will explain the difference. And eating is the same thing. So what's the difference? The difference is, he says, generally, we do two things. Well, there's two two nekudas, two protem, and when we eat, and really, it's also when we daven, and because they're all the same kavana in a certain sense, which is bringing Marichin and shefa from imelah to zon. So he says, when we eat the whole year, and especially when we make brachas, and we don't stop eat, we we do all the mitzvahs of eating and so on. We're being mamshech 
all these five pechanes, that's ton we eat and do and do these five things. But they're going to be number one from chitzonius, and number two they're going to be achila gufnes. So just like, in other words, just like in your in your body, you have something called achila gufnes. You could eat literal literal bodily food, and you could also eat uh, less bodily food, right? You could also eat food that actually comes from your soul itself, like the these are going to quote the Zohar that says about tanis that when the tanis you eat directly from your soul instead of going through the whole detour of the body. And getting food, you could literally get food directly from the nefesh. That's that's desire's understanding of fasting. And the same thing is in the kavanah of this. This is the beauty of, of the kisvari, where it's not napshat, just not like the whole year we eat in our body. Anarash and I'm kipper, we don't eat, so we have a kavanah that's higher than the body. No, a whole year we eat from oilam haba because imma is just another way of saying oilam haba. Everyone knows. A whole year we bring shefa from oilam haba from imma to zon. But a whole year, it's Shefa Chitzoni. So the way it looks, it, is, it has an image, it has an existence, a bodily existence. And since it's a bodily kind of food, so obviously, where does it come from? It comes from the part of Imeila, which corresponds to that. In other words, from the Chitzoni, from the outer part of Imeila. Over there, there is these five things in a Chitzoni, in a bodily. But on Yom Kippur, we do the same exact thing. But instead of doing the bodily eating from bring, instead of being Mamshik, the Gifnis, the Gachila, from Chitzoni, Imeila, we Mamshik. Pnimius the gachila from Pnimius Emaila. So that's the whole story. And this Achille Pnimius that Izal says is called Phyllis. You'll see. You'll see yourself. That the five Phyllis of Yom Kippur that Izal says are really uh, correspond to the five Inuim. So there's five, in other words, they're not five Inuim. They're five. Uh, one Phyllis like eating, one Phyllis like drinking, one Phyllis like sikh, and so on. It doesn't literally do the correspondence, but that seems to be what he's trying to say. And by, 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 uh, by fasting, and doing the Avoda fasting and doing the Tfilis of, of Yom Kippur, we're actually eating. We're actually, but instead of eating Achille Pni, Achille Chitzainis, we're eating Achille Pnimis. Okay, and, the, and now he goes on to explain it, um, connected to the Rishon I'm going to skip this part for a second. And he says, V'kivan. Um, let me try to... Uh, I'm trying to. I'm just, I want to just read a little few pieces to understand this and skip the different pratim that connect to different uh, stories. Now he gives you another. It's sort of technical, but it also gives you a concept of understanding. What does it mean to have a chilipnimis from pnimis emela? It says emela herself gets shefer from somewhere. What does it mean from somewhere? We can understand ourselves. She gets from Kesse, from Arichanpen, which is where Emela gets her shefa. And then she gives something, the lower part of that, that Tarizal always understands things like this, right? I receive from my source, from my mashpia, I receive uh, something, and then I take the best part of it I take for myself, because that's what I could grasp. And then the lower part of it, or the part that I could give over to you, I give to the Talmidim, or to the next part. The same thing, Emela gets shefa moichin, kol dachil eshtia and from and then the chitzonis of that she gives to to zon and to the to zayin and the nok. And Yom Kippur, instead of doing this, which would cause lead us to get the chile chitzonis, the zon, but mainly the nok, and then the za also. This, the nok is oiled to Imelo herself, and she does the same exact thing that her mother does. She eats from wherever her mother eats. In other words, she doesn't eat physical physical, physical embodied food. She eats. Achille Pnimes, which is Achille from Arichampen. Bechol Oisam, Achmisha Dvurim. And therefore, says there is Lochol Oisam, Achmisha Dvurim, Achille Vestia, Achille Rishonim. This battle at 
Therefore, all the five other things, the five first things, right? In other words, the, the low, first level, which is Achilles, the giftness, become Batal, Fisham, Bemlam, Mukim, Gevaya. It's because they come from high face, and then, and here he goes even more cool what he said. Therefore, now, theoretically, everything, everything started off being Kirachnias, everything started off in Keser, and slowly became. And slowly could become. In other words, when we say achilah we don't even literally mean eating and drinking. We mean something that's entirely understood, entirely uh, in, in, internalized by us. That's what eating really means. But Arizal says, now since our food, or in other words, the chef that we're trying to get on this day, is referring, is coming from a higher place, so it's too high for us to grasp, and that's what it means we can't eat it. We don't get it in a I mean, mamash, in a embodied, in a mamash, like means thick or uh, uh, actual, in an actual way. We get it in this, in in the secret, in the mystery of ear, of um, breath that comes out of the mouth. In other words, the shechina, which is known as rochel, the nok, is going to be nourished by the breath of imelo instead of by her. Uh, Food. So, in other words, you could see it sort of something like this: when someone eats, they take a physical, more—it's at least more material, more earthy. You could feel it, and from that food, they receive, they breathe. They are able to receive the power to breathe, and that's their own life. So, the life of the person is in his breath. And then, if he gives you food, he's sort of taking whatever he received from his breath and sort of making food out of that from chitzonius. But if you're going to be oiled yourself, you're not going to, your nourishment is not going to be food. It's going, although for herself, there is food, that's what we have to understand. But the nook, since it's too high for her to understand, to get this food, it's going to be beside hevel, it's going to be just breath. And that's what she's going to be nourished from. Someone she's going to be able to be nourished from just breathing, from just the words, or from just breath. And then it says, therefore we have to fast. And why do we have to fast? Not because we're trying to hurt ourselves, but because these five levels, the chitzonistic levels of what do we do instead of eating? And instead of Therefore, we have five tefillas, which are these five avulim, and he says other things, and he says, and he says, and we could call these five koilas. Remember that in Sechtas Brochus there were five koilas of the uh, wedding as five koilas. Anyways, five koilas can be called these five. And he says that's why Tanis is called a tsoim, and tsoim is a gematria koil, 136. Because to fast really means to receive the voice or the or the breath of these five voices, these five koilis, which are from Pnimius uh, Imaila. And he explains why. Right? So it says, on regular day, you have, um, uh, you eat, and that's what gives. Uh, nourishment to all your body, to all your limbs. But on the Tanis, they all get directly from, from the mind or from the soul. 
And you don't live only on bread, on physical bread. You live on God's word, which is Moitzah Hashem. But then you could be an Arizal and say, wait, Lechem is also Dvar Hashem. Because Lechem is the three times the Shem And everyone that ever learned Kavonas Sachil, Kavonas Moitzah Lechem and Uretz knows that Lechem Gufni, what we call Lechem Gufni here, right? is called three Avayas. And you don't live only on that. You live also on Moitzah Hashem, which is the Hevel, the breath. Literally, the breath of the mouth of God, which is the living in. So, in other words, even the whole year when we're li- eating the chetzonius emila, when we're being nehene from the chemishenim, the chetzonius from the chemisha kind nerenim, right? Chemisha tanegim, achilas shti, and so on. When there's lechem, which is three, which is three, uh, which is three, um, how do you call it? Which is three. Um, Avais, that also has the pnimis of Moitzah Pi Hashem. And Vahoyisaf Melas Levadis. Now, the words they said, loyal lech, not only the lechem, but also the Moitzah Pi Hashem. But Yom Kippur, we takedu, not, not lechem levadai, and also Moitzah Pi Hashem. We're yichya, al Moitzah Pi Hashem levadai yichyodam. So, a whole year is loyal lechem levadai, but also Moitzah Pi Hashem. And Yom Kippur is Moitzah Pi Hashem levadai yichyodam. And that's also Remez that he says Moitza is, is the same letters as Tsoima. So Tsoima, we just saw before, Tsoima is coil. So that's the Moitza Piyashem that makes noise, that makes breath and, and voice. And this is the same thing. Al Moitza Piyashem, al Tsoima Piyashem, on the voice. So what we have to do in Yom Kippur is instead of eating food, we eat or we are live off the voice or the breath of God or the Pnimius Imela. And not only us, the Shechina herself lives off the Pnimius Imela. And we enact her fasting or her receiving from the primius ima elah. Uh, then the near Darizal says something very interesting where it says that according to this theory, only women should have to fast Hayim Kippah because women are kerspand or makriva to the malchus, to the nok. And why do men also fast Hayim Kippah? He says, nah, really it's the ikir is taka for the women. But since even men, which is true, they only, they might have also a possibility of being connected to the devil of Zah, but even the what we get from Za, we're lower than both of them, right? We're just in the Shemus. We're just after both of the Za and the Nook. So what, even the Shefa that we get, that the males get from Za, goes through the Nook. So that's why even Zechodim have to fast. But L'cha'ilam, according to the Arizal, the Iketanasim Kippur is for the uh, women. That's the Pshat of the Arizal. And Shah uh, and maybe the feminists should be happy. Bagapunim, that's the Pshat of fasting. And that's how it connects with the Holaliyah. In other words, where the Malchus is Eulah Lebina, and then the Neshamas, which get the earth through the Malchus, can be Eulah Lebina. And that's all of the stuff that we explained for now.